Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, Corinne Cook, to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sammy. We haven't really talked a lot about Epcot, retro Epcot to be specific, in a long time. So I'm really excited we could talk about Horizons today because I I think a lot of people, we all have that really soft spot for Horizons. And a friend of mine actually got in contact with you a few years ago and I saw his his, post about it and I thought, oh my gosh, that would be fantastic if, if we could get in touch. So he was the one who referred me to you I'm so glad because you know it's kind of it's kind of strange you know you're probably one of the few individuals who is seen on a movie screen in an attraction but also you're an auto animatronic so you get the best of both worlds uh in this attraction as the granddaughter so I I can't I'm so excited to talk to you today thank you so much it was actually really cool to hear from and I apologize I can't remember his name the gentleman you're referring to that contacted me a few years ago It was really just exciting to spend some time with him on the phone and reminisce about everything. He's a wonderful person. My daughter is like most people in the millennium all over the Internet. Well, I don't know why, but one day she was searching out my name, Googling what I did in the past, blah, blah, blah. And she came upon um, a picture of a woman that was saying that she was me. And that she did the, the GE General uh, Electric Horizons Pavilion spot. And so my daughter looked at her picture and she says, that's not my mom. And she contacted the gentleman you're referring to. And she said, you know, that's not my mom. Someone's impersonating her. And so he said, well, my goodness, we really want to get a hold of her. You know, can you contact her and tell her to contact us? And that's how it all happened. Well, what was that audition process like initially? Because, you know, you you hear about a lot of closed auditions where they, you know, they, they look for individuals and then they call them in. So what was this particular audition like? I've been in the acting industry for years and I actually worked at Disneyland, my first job ever in the entertainment part of it doing dancing in the parades and on the shows on the stage. And so I always had a soft spot in my heart for Disney. And I also grew up practically in the backyard of Disneyland. And we used to go to Disneyland when we were kids. It was 99 cents. And then we would bum tickets at the exit of all the tourists. And then we'd get all the tickets and we'd just go spend the entire day there for 99 cents. (laughs) It was the best. So One of my friends just, we were all about 15 years old, and one of my friends, this is the Disney thing, said, hey, there's an open audition for Disney performers uh, to be in the parades and stuff. And I'm like, oh, whatever. And there were a million people there. And for some reason, I got selected, and I started my Disney life at 15. Worked there for many years doing the parades and stuff. And then 
I moved on into Hollywood and Los Angeles and started doing some modeling and acting stuff. And then a Disney, this, this Horizons came up. And again, like I said, I had a special place in my heart for Disney. And my agent said, hey, we've got an interview for you. They're looking for literally like the all-American teen girl. And I think you'd be perfect. So I'm like, you know, when, when you audition, there's always generally hundreds of girls that all look exactly the same for the same part. But you, you go and you hope for the best. And um, it was really kind of interesting. It was at the, the WED um, location in, I think it was Burbank, if I'm trying, my memory serves me. I believe they're probably still there. And large movie studio and, and went over there. And everybody was really sweet. They kind of acted like I already had the part, which was very interesting. So they gave me a script, just asked me to sit there and read with um, with the, the guy who played my boyfriend. They said, you know, we'll let your agent know. It was very simple and quick. And, and even while I was there for the audition, which is a little unusual for most auditions, the first one, they showed me all around and they showed me some storyboards and this is our idea and this is what we want to do. And it kind of reminded me of the Jetsons cartoons, you know, it's a futuristic idea. And I got really excited. And literally a week or two later, I got a phone call from my agent and said they want to see you again. And it, it was that simple. And I read about a wig story, something oh, along the lines so of the funny. red wig. It, what happened? <laughs> I got to tell you about that. It's hilarious because they were like, oh, my gosh, you have, you know, a, a natural blonde at the time. You have the perfect color hair, perfect every. Oh, it's, it's you're just perfect. And then they said, you know what? We might change your hair. And it wasn't even just red. It was like copper. <laughs> it was like a shiny penny. And um, I thought it was just hilarious because they wanted this perfect blonde. And they ended up turning me into a redhead. <laughs> and it was a funny little wig, like a bob. Um, but it was, it was cute. It made me stand out, I guess. Uh, I'm not quite sure why they changed it to the red. They never really said. Everything was great about it. But they um, wanted this audio animatronic to be like an exact replica of me. So literally, and I'm not exaggerating, they measured every single inch of my body. And I'm talking toes, knuckles, hands. I mean, they measured my waist, my, you know, every measurement you could imagine to get this perfect match of audio, audio, audio animatronic. And then to get the face, of course, we did a, a mold or an impression or however you want to call that. That's one of the funniest parts, and I'll never forget it. Um, so I'm kind of lay, laying back in like a dentist chair. So you're like half leaning back. You're not sitting straight up. And they mixed up the, the mix in the, literally ice, ice, ice water. So I guess it has to be super, super cold when they're pouring it on your face so that it doesn't set up too early. So they, they kind of warned me a little bit. It's going to be a little cold. Well, that was the understatement of the world. So they start pouring and, and you can't move. You have to stay perfectly still or it'll ruin it and you got to do it over again. So I wanted to be so good and, you know, take the first, do it right the first time. So I'm laying there and they start pouring, imagine like ice or snow on your face and you can't move. And as the, the goop is pouring, they start at your forehead. And as the goop is starting to pour down to the lower part of your face, 
you know, you start to go, am I going to be able to breathe? Because it starts to go over your nose and then your mouth. And I can hear them. They're talking to me and they're saying, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then as soon as it starts to go over my nose and I have to keep my mouth shut, um, I panicked a little and they took a little straw. <laughs> I know it sounds gross. Put a little straw in each of my nostrils so I could breathe. And then, like, my heart was beating really loud because super cold and I can't breathe very well. <laughs> so the first one, believe it or not, did not work because it wasn't cold enough. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So they had to take it all off and get it colder. And I had to go through it the second time. But at least I was semi-prepared and it worked the second time. But it was so worth it in the end, though, because it was a perfect it was my face. So, and, and you know, it's funny, Tom didn't do it. He, he's, I think at the time he didn't want to do it. He probably sat there watching me and going, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they did a sculpture of his face. <laughs> For the actual set, was it actually shot in the attraction or did they set up a whole thing in California for you guys? Yes, it was all in California. I only went to Epcot when the ride was complete and I you know, went obviously on my ride, but it was all done in, in California. And what did you think when you first saw it in person, the entire attraction from start to finish and your portion of the ride? You know, better than winning the Super Bowl, better than an Oscar. I mean, seriously, it was so exciting to have that experience of kind of being immortalized. And, you know, of course I knew the ride wasn't going to be there forever but it was there for quite a long time. And I sent friends and family, you got to go there. You got to see me on the ride. And it was, I obviously, I went on it about three times in a row. <laughs> and it was just, it was just, honestly, I was speechless, which is unusual for me. <laughs> Somebody told me, oh, you know, it's closed down. And I was so sad because I really did want to go again. And I really, I only went the one time. Well, what have you been doing since Horizons? I did see you had a couple more IMDb credits uh, for other yes. films that you did. But wh what have you been up to recently? I truthfully, I, I did a lot of different modeling and acting jobs. I traveled all over the world doing some modeling. And I spent some time in Japan, which was amazing. I lived there for four months. I, my dream kind of like, you know, Los Angeles obviously is tough to to break into the industry, but in Japan, I was like a, I hate to say, but I was like a movie star over there because I wasn't one of every thousand girls that looked the same and did commercials and modeled every day. Uh, just a dream come true. Uh, got back to reality in LA and I did some soap operas. I did some films. Um, and truthfully, at, at age 30, I wanted to start a family and I just thought it wasn't really probably the best career choice with a family. And, and so I kind of took an early retirement. <laughs> I did it from about age 15 to 30. And I was busy, had a wonderful experience, life experience I could never duplicate, met some wonderful people like Tom. And um, really, I thought I was going to miss it when I, you know, started my family, but I didn't, you just go on into another chapter of your life. And, and now um, I just had one daughter, she's 26. And I'm, I'm an interior designer. I do interior design work in uh, Carlsbad, California. 
I have run into people now, not as much recently, of course, but back when the ride was open, the Horizons ride was open. I ran into people at parties that I never met before. And they're like staring at me going, gosh, you look familiar. You look familiar. And I'm like, sorry, you don't, you know, not in a mean way, but she didn't look familiar or he didn't look familiar. And truthfully, after we talked and talked and talked, they told me, we figured it out. They saw me on the ride. I'm not kidding you. Can you believe that in Florida? They went there on vacation. I saw them at a party, never met them before, and they recognized me. It's funny because I grew up across the street from Disneyland, so I was at the park all the time. And then when I worked there, and as obviously, so I was, and you know, the GE, what is it? The Carousel of Progress at Disneyland with the audio animatronics and Abe Lincoln with the audio animatronic. And for me to grow up and have one done of me was, I can't even put that into words. It was amazing. Disney, like I said, is very close to my heart. And it sounds like obviously close to your heart as well. And um, I only worked with wonderful people in that company. I'm I'm so thankful you could come on the show today. Uh, but before we end, I have three Disney-themed questions. I ask each guest who comes on the show. So they are called the Fab Three, and we'll start with the Donald one, which is, as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Oh, that would have to be Jungle Book. I loved, I'm an animal lover, and I wanted to be Mowgli. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Um, I would say Peter Pan, because I just want to stay a kid, just like him. And our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Oh gosh, I've had a favorite one for years. Colors of the Wind, Pocahontas. Oh, that song just gives me chills. If I asked you to use one word to describe your experience with Horizons and and working for the Disney company, what word would you use? Phenomenal. Okay, but try to be on time this time, will you? Okay, fair enough. I'll be waiting for you.